Hey, you're listening to Melissa Unscripted, and we want you to know we love our listeners. We especially love when they send us ideas for new episodes they like to hear, and when they subscribe so they don't miss an episode. So share your ideas, hit the subscribe button, and keep listening. So you have an air fryer in your kitchen. Do you ever use that thing? Um, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the closet where I had to get up my, my coffee. No, um, no I, I actually do have an air fryer. During the shelter in place, I became a chef. <laughs> I mean, it took me like a week, <laughs> or if that. But no, so I kept seeing, you know, I mean, I'm sure other people do that too. You kind of look and think, what can I make my home? I just need it to have everything here so it'll be fine. So I thought... You know, I love fried food, but I try and be really healthy. But, wow, this made it sound like it would be healthy. Just throw it in there, and there's no grease, and it's whatever. So I did get it. I have not used it once. <laughs> so, I don't know. A friend of mine was over here and used it one night because we got takeout, and we got wings. And so I like, do you like wings? I love wings. Yeah, I do, too. I like any kind of meat on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone teases me about that, but, I mean, normally it's like a manufactured stick but sometimes it could be a real stick so anyway I like wings so I was sitting there but I like them really well done and so she threw them in there and I mean honestly they were so good so I probably but it scares me a little bit I actually cook my wings in the air fryer oh really and then jalapeno poppers I make them I wrap them in bacon I probably need to come over and eat and then I can watch you do it yeah because there's something about an air fryer it's like a pressure cooker, and it scares me. <laughs> no, it, you can't. It's just like a super convection oven. And so you just and and is it so? This one is weird because I got it because it looked good. It does. I thought it was it's a pretty. Fancy one. So I thought, well, this will be a toaster oven and an air fryer, but I'm scared to use it as a toaster oven because I'm scared it'll cook it all too fast. So I just use my regular oven when yeah. I need it. You should. Yeah, those things are great. I heat up stuff. I'll bring to go. You know, because of. COVID and the lockdown, we've been bringing, if we ever go out to eat, we bring it home. Mm-hmm. So anything that should have been crispy, you just put I it put in it in there and it crisps it right up. Oh, Whether it's cool. fries or a potato or fish or anything like that that has been fried or supposed to be. You're listening to Melissa Unscripted, the show that brings you tips, tales, and the truth about the real estate world. I'm your host, Dave Wilson, and with me always is the woman who became an air fryer chef in less than a week. Melissa Greer. Have a lot of people been upgrading their kitchens or anything during COVID or well, or when they're you, shopping around? Do they have look? you tried to order an appliance lately? You can't get one for months. I mean, what COVID has done, which makes total sense to me, is it, it people have stayed home more. So anything that was lacking in your house or anything that can make your house more comfortable, fun, um, more you know, part what where your family can thrive, people are doing it. So whether they're moving, that people ask me, why is the real estate market so busy right now? Well, if you don't love your home, you need to. So people are trying to move, especially while interest rates are low. But no, I even now for repairs on our listings, we can't even get our contractors because they're so busy doing renovations. So it is amazing what's going on. Lumber prices have gone up. Appliances are on back order. I mean, everything. So, thank goodness I nabbed that air fryer before it got all in yeah. a frenzy. Ever. And I'm sure a lot of people, like you, 
people like you who don't cook also were like, oh, crap, I got to cook something, turn on their oven, and it doesn't work. <laughs> well, it's funny. I learned how to work it all in a, <laughs> by, you know, because I'm a little bit of a German phobe, so I was nervous about getting takeout. I got over that pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. for a while I was nervous about that. So I really did cook a lot. And now what's happened, and, and I have friends who are in shock over this, is at the end of the day when I come home, even if it's just for me or if it's for someone else who might be here, I cook and it helps me de-stress from the day and I'll leave my phone in my living room and I'll come back and literally come in here. We're sitting in my kitchen, by the way. This is actually the first time we've done this, in not person. on Zoom since before COVID, which yep. I like this better. It's not I do too. But um, I think I look better. You do, not in person, Zoom. yes, absolutely. <laughs> not That's not why I like it better. I like it because Dave and I get to be together, but still. But no, um, so I'll leave my phone in the living room, and I come back, and I literally, it just helps me. I'll just cook, and and don't, I don't even think about my phone for a minute, which is a lot because we have a very tight relationship. But it's really helped me. So I enjoy, like I rarely get takeout. And then, I mean, I just wonder how all these establishments, I know they're struggling anyway, but I feel like I feel so bad, especially the Thai places, because there's nothing better when you get home from a long day mm, than just ordering. curry. Yeah, just get some takeout. And especially in the summer, it's easier. But in the winter, I may have to go back to that takeout. Yeah. A little bit, but, but yeah. So that's the thing is it's, it's, it's really helped me. But what I've also noticed with my clients is when I'm working with buyers, and this is different from staging, which I think we've touched on in an mm-hmm. episode before, when I'm working with buyers... A lot of what we do, we have to deal with houses that are not perfect. And how does someone buy a house that doesn't feel perfect to them? What do you do to help them visualize? It used to be a lot easier. People could visualize it. When I first started selling real estate, there was, we didn't even, staging didn't even exist. So when we were selling property, I, you're always really, you know, knowing you might have to paint. Like when I've ever bought a house, we've talked about this, I always change something and paint it, but... Due to HGTV, I think people come in with an expectation it needs to be perfect. So helping someone understand that if they don't like it, why don't they like it? Do they not like it because the paint color is not what's going to you know, match their things? Do they not like it because it's not the right kitchen layout for them? Right. Is the kitchen too small? Yeah. Not just the appliances. Everybody knows they can replace the appliances, but is yeah. the kitchen too small? Is it not open? Is so, not so years ago, because we were always trying to figure out, because people, you know, I used to tell people just, you know, the first month after you buy a house, you, you pretty much spend it at Lowe's or Home Depot. And if you guys want to sponsor our podcast, <laughs> either one or both, Dave's number, we'll put that on later. <laughs> Again, they spend a month at Lowe's or Home Depot. <laughs> so we feel like those would be two great sponsors for our podcast. But... And Highest then, bidder, please. Yes. I mean, we'll take out the other name. I think your phone's already lighting up over there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, a good story is one time I was working with some buyers and I said, you know, we were walking through and I was saying, well, you could do this. And they said, well, this kitchen's just too small. I said, well, look, you could take this wall out and open it up here. And this would, and they said, God, your ideas are great. Are you going to pay for all that? <laughs> I, said, I said, no. I said, I'll come over and help you do it, maybe. No, but long story short. I'll bring you coffee in yeah. the morning when you need it. I'll come over and explain to your contractors what I what my vision. But um, but no, it's so funny. They, these people were hilarious, and they kept saying, it's just so interesting. Everything you say, you're so quick, and it sounds so good, but 
how much is all that going to cost? And won't that be a little difficult? But in reality, most people don't realize these things are easier than you think if you get the right people. Well, how do you know if it's the right investment? I mean, is is there a, a rule of thumb or what do you tell your customers? You know, like, okay, well, this property is already too expensive. You shouldn't be investing in it or... Well, we do all that. Here. Yeah, how does yeah. that work? How's so the first work? thing you want to do as I mean, this is what I do as a buyer's agent is if my client is interested in a house, I do what we call a CMA or price opinion where I figure out what the current value is. And then I do it in three different ways. I think... What's the value if it's completely redone? What's the value as it is now? And what would be the value if they kept it for, say, five years, assuming that everything went the same way, you know, in a, in a reasonable, normal way? Would, so that way, even if, even if they don't get the best deal on it, but they want to put some money into it, would they be okay in five years if they kept it? I mean, there's no guarantee, but we don't have a crystal ball, but would that? So you have to look at all that. And, and it is a little complicated to help people make a decision. But, but as we sit in my kitchen, and you see that I've redone my kitchen, I mean, I have more money in this house than I could ever sell it for. Mm-hmm. But it's valuable to me because I can sit here across from you. We can hear Macy Gray chewing on her rawhide in the same room. And it's just wonderful. And we can look at my backyard. In the backyard, I and, like that. And so the thing is, is I lived in this house for 14 years before I did anything like this to it. And I wish I had done it year one because I've enjoyed it so much. And there's a value to that. Yeah. So so I know that sounds a little bit, you know, the way I always do things. Like it's not it's not black and white. You know, I'm, so I you very can, much live in the gray area. So you can look at it as, okay, if you're buying the house and you're not looking to live in it very long, you're just going to resell value, you can approach it one way. Right. Right, because you wouldn't have done this. No. If you were move, living here for five years, six years, you're like, yeah, I'm going to move. You wouldn't have put all that. Well, if I wanted to move in five years, I'm not sure I'd get every penny out of it now. Um, But if you're looking to be your house and you want to live and enjoy it, then I guess the value of doing something is different too. Yeah, because I think you've got to, I I mean, I think people hear me say this all the time, my clients do, is there's a value to more than money right now. So even if I've had a listing on the market for a while and it hasn't sold, and we get an offer and it's not what the sellers want, there's value to it because they can move on and they don't have to worry about it. So to me, there's always value to that. I mean, I feel like that that you have to look at the big picture sometimes. But as far as the renovate, you know, I've developed, you know, a great, I use, and you want to have at least one or two of these people, but usually if you have the right one, it becomes almost like a family. But, you know, if someone's working with me and they want to, do a major renovation. I have a couple of people who do that, that, uh, you know, the one I used here, they finished two weeks early. We were talking about that. You had someone do a porch for you that, that was on the money and finished early. That's a great situation. If you know those people, the other, and usually your realtor would, you should ask for a referral because they're going to, they're going to know most realtors don't want to refer someone that they wouldn't use themselves and that they wouldn't have a good result given that referral out. But you know, plumbers, tile people, electricians. I've gotten to know all those people so that I can help my clients. Painter, I mean, that's the number one painter and a flooring person because those are two really simple things that anyone can do. Very reasonable. It takes a little bit of vision, but we even, I mean, there are computer programs where you can paint. Like right now, one of my listings I have, 
we've known that, I mean, that if you painted it white instead of the color it was, it would really fit in with the neighborhood and sell more. So we did a mock-up of the house in white and sent it out there. And everyone, we could get everyone's feedback and it would show what it would look like. So having vision is not as hard as it used to be because we can create that a little bit. But I, I think what's amazing is I sold a house to some people. They had never even bought a house. And they walked in, and the house had been on the market over a year. And this was just last year. And they said, why do you think this house has been on the market? And I walked around it. I mean, I just didn't fly with an answer. And I said, you know what? I don't know, except that it is feels dated because all the woodwork is, it, the trim is wood, and it it's just dark. And I said, if you painted this trim white and painted the walls and all, like right now we're using a, a Sherwin-Williams Sherwin-Williams, yes. you know the paints were Sherwin-Williams. <laughs> this is our podcast, just keep this in mind. <laughs> um, but we're using their, a shade they have called Incredible White, and it's kind of an, like if you look on my walls, this is Eider White, similar, a little bit more gray. I know it doesn't help you people, but it, trust me, it's white. It's white. It's white, <laughs> with, but see how the trims contrast a little bit? Well, maybe not today, but anyway, long story short, we, do, we use those when we're staging, and I tell people, if you just painted all this, this, for a minute, it's a blank canvas, hang your art up, it'll change the whole feel of it. These people called, did exactly what I recommended, called me back, and it was like a different house. And they were so happy that they did it because they got a really good deal and it gave them the money to do it. So that's the key is buy it as, as in this market, if something's sitting, you can usually get a little bit of a deal on it. So buy it at a good value. You can put some money into it. And then always the paint and, and flooring, that's something that is not going to be your major cost. It'll right. be a cost, but not major. You can change out light fixtures. You can go you can go to Lowe's or Home Depot, mm-hmm. <laughs> change out those light fixtures, and that's a really reasonable place to get them. You can also get them on Wayfair, which is a – I get a lot of things there. Or <laughs> I'm just saying this in case anybody were to ever pick this up. Or locally, Butler Electric has great lighting. And I mean, there. and I'm a big lo- buy local mm-hmm. person. So all that, I just, you know, I don't mind sending out some plugs of places I tend to go. And local builders use Butler's Electric almost exclusively, I think. But I think that, you know, if you do those things, those are minor. If you really want to get all your money back, or not all, but have the best chance of getting it, kitchens and bathrooms yeah. all day long. And that's what that's what you can do. So what if, you know, I mean, the cosmetic stuff, yeah, that's mm-hmm. easy. You could you could walk right. somebody through that all day long. You don't have to have a loan or anything. Let's say somebody's buying a house and they do want to knock out a wall. They do want to expand the kitchen. They do want to make it more open feel and add a... How do they do that? What kind of loans do they do? Um, well, how, does it, how does it look when you're buying a house? I mean, is there a negotiation there to well, help get a better price or... That's a great question. Know, how, I mean, I think the... Um, so I do think that if you're going to do some work to something or if it needs that work for the general public to like it, it's different if it's just you and, and they're people, but that's usually in a higher price point. If people are buying a higher price point, they're going to change it no matter what, but it needs to look sort of okay. If it's a lower, you know, and not lower, but you know, normal for the rest of us price point, I think that you've got to get a somewhat of a value on it unless you're going to stay for a long time. But there are what we call renovation loans, and there are many lenders that do those. 
Well, actually, I'm going to take that back. There are not many that do those. It's it's a great program. And maybe one day we'll have someone on who can go into detail about that. I just, um, I had some clients who bought a house over in College Hill near the university. And they, this house had so much charm and was wonderful. But it wasn't my, I mean, it didn't even have central air. And so they could, we could all visualize a great plan, bumping it out, adding square footage, a major thing. So when when that happens, we get a contractor involved and get a lender who specializes in renovation loans. And you can actually lock into a rate, close on it, and do it almost like a construction loan where there are draws after. And that's a really great way for an individual to do it. And a lot of people don't know you can do that. And they're worried because they think, oh, well, I want to lock in on a rate now because when the construction's finished, I'm not sure. But the truth is, is you can lock in. And so those are things that any realtor you work with should know about or definitely research them because I, w- I wouldn't stop. The only, the only difference there is if your price point, say, is 400 and you think you're going to do a renovation like a major kitchen bath, expand the house renovation, then you need to be looking in the two to three range because normally a big renovation like that is going to be expensive because materials are so expensive right now and there's such a need and high, you know, there's so much renovation going on. Obviously the price for doing those things goes up when the people get really busy. And they stop calling you back when they get really busy. Exactly. Like right now I'm saying to most people, unless it's necessary, if you can wait till next year or just see, you know, things are cyclical. They always are up and down, but I don't know that material costs will do that. You know, I don't know. I don't know because right now I feel like that we're, they've been high for a while. So, I mean, everything's a little bit different. When I work with someone that redid a kitchen five years ago, I always tell them, add 25000 right now. Yeah. Like even my kitchen, I could never do this now for what I did it then. Now, if if I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who likes to, I, I would rather buy a house at a lower price point and, and have it built to the way I want. And right. I like buying used houses. I don't like buying new. Mm-hmm. Um, does it open up more houses when you're willing to do that? Or I guess you can kind of, I guess it, if you come in where, okay, I'm looking at houses that are moving ready and I'm looking at houses that I could fix. I mean, a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. And it really is. But I will say this, it's, you see that more in the older neighborhoods closer to town where there's already such strong land value that you could tear a house down and and build one and build it expensive and it wouldn't matter. Sometimes you get into neighborhoods that are more suburban where the price point is more consistent. What I was getting at is people generally hone in on certain location they want to be in or a neighborhood. So if you're looking and you could either buy one that's in great shape or buy one that needs redoing, you're looking at a price point of maybe between one and 200,000 difference depending on what you want to do. So if it needs everything and it needs new kitchens and new bathrooms in this market, you could easily spend one to 200,000 depending on what you're doing. A good rule that, I mean, you can spend 50 on a kitchen without even trying right now. Appliances are expensive, countertops, cabinets. And then if you're taking down wall or doing any demo or redoing, if you're doing plans for something, I mean, there, all that is a different cost. And then each bathroom, you can do a really medium bathroom for between 15 and 25. So, I mean, you could, the range is, it just depends on your finishes. So if you look at that and you think, 
if you were going on the moderate side, okay, every bathroom, I'm going to spend at least 10, maybe 15 if I redo the whole thing. Um, kitchen, I could spend 30 to 50, depending on what I do. If I don't replace cabinets, but I do the countertops. And again, there's a situation where do you want to put a brand new countertop on an old cabinet? You want to make sure it all works. So those are the kind of things when you're budgeting, you need to know it could be a little bit expensive. So that jumps down your price point. And I think that the whole thing is to keep in mind, whatever you do, the houses around it need to validate that. So you don't want to come in a neighborhood where the maximum house sold for 250 and you buy a house at two and put 200 in it because right. you'll having the most expensive house in any neighborhood isn't great either. So it's just, you know, having a good advisor or someone to walk you through and, you know, help you figure that out is really key because you want to understand it, especially if you're moving to a city that you're not familiar with. But I would never let it stop you from buying something the thing, again, as we talked about last time, objections that you can't overcome are more something that would make you pause. But anything can be changed or fixed to where you love it. Do you ever meet, do you ever have like a customer and you talk to them and you meet them and you're like, oh yeah, I'm definitely not showing any houses you have to renovate because you, I can read you right now and know you're not going <laughs> to be the right person and vice versa. Yeah, well, what happens is the first day that I work with a new client, I usually have a variety. I'll have a home that needs updating. I'll have one that doesn't. Um, I try and mix it up so that by the end of that first day, I can tell, I can usually tell, and they can too, are we people that could renovate? And a good question always, have you ever done it? Have you ever built a new home? Have you ever bought something that wasn't brand new? Have you ever done a major renovation? And if, if they haven't done it, and they've owned three or four houses, sometimes that's an indicator that as much as it sounds great, they probably will end up buying exactly what they've bought before because yes. that's what they're comfortable with. So it just depends. But I think that's, that, that's yeah. funny you say that because I have a friend and he always wants to, you know, we've done that in our house and he's always wanting to buy and like invest in the house to make it better, to sell it for more. You know, it's just his mm -hmm. mindset. And he's bought three houses and all three houses are the exact kind of same thing. And he wants to, and he'll look at these houses oh, yeah. that need renovation and then buy the house that's like completely ready to move in. Yeah. So it is. It's funny, but people, it's it's the same thing with anything. We all gravitate to what we're comfortable with. Yeah. And um, I've always bought older houses, always. I've never bought a new house. But I always think, wouldn't it be great to have a new house? Wouldn't this be wonderful? But I mean, I just never have done it. I'm always more comfortable I feel like that for me, I like a lot of things that an old house has to offer and, and I update them as time passes, right. you know, so. And no matter what, you're going to have to fix things, whether it's new oh, yeah. or old, it's just different stuff you fix. Well, even now, I just, as I said, my kitchen, I redid a few years ago. I already, there are things I wish I had done a little bit differently. I mean, and that is normal. I tell people by the time you start building a house, by the time you finish it, there's something you wish you had done differently. So don't worry. I mean, there's no way you're going to have it all perfect, whether you buy an existing home, whether you build, whether you buy something to renovate. You'll always want something a little bit different once you use it. So, I mean, I think, I think that's what's so great about being a general broker, where you do sell older homes, you do sell homes that are existing, and you sell new homes too, so you can... You can almost, I mean, it just really, for, for those of us with ADHD, it makes it very interesting because yeah. it's never the same. I mean, we can, and I, I love that. So, but no, I think the whole point to this one is 
this episode is really just don't, you know, keep your mind open a little bit. Before HGTV, most people bought homes that needed something and they would do them. And the price usually will reflect if it needs it. So you just have to, you know, have the right advisor, have the right connections or have someone who does. And we try and help people even after the fact. I always tell my clients, whatever you need, call us because, you know, I grew up here. I've been doing this a long time. We've, I've got a full staff of people who are very familiar. We can help connect you with the right people. So, but, um, but it's fun. It takes a little bit of stamina to do a renovation. I mean, yeah, it does. and and you got to have a great relationship. That's that is thing. true. You got to have a good relationship because I mean, you've got to know that, you know, everyone has veto power in, in a renovation. I mean, you, some, if there's something that I absolutely just cannot tolerate, that needs to be okay with my partner because otherwise it's not going to be okay. And they have to know, and I've gone through three renovations in our house and you have to understand the inconvenience it's going to put on you Mm -hmm. while you're renovating. Cause if you can't handle the inconvenience, don't do it. Oh, I moved moved into Airbnb. (laughs) I moved out of my house for three months. Not everyone could do that. Right. But I just knew they were tearing off half of it and I just couldn't do it. Well, our first house, we didn't have that luxury. You know, yeah. We were both young, newly into our careers. You know, right. We're buying this house. We lived in an apartment for a while, for a month while we did some things like the floors and the painting and stuff that had to have everything out in the mm-hmm. house before we moved in. But then we had to do the kitchen after we moved in. Yeah. And it was wintertime, so we couldn't go into the kitchen at all. So we had a hot plate and stuff that we cooked on the back, which oh. we had to walk around the back of the house and... Uh, by the end of it, it we were we were done. But the other, and we learned just like yeah. now we've learned where to get the takeout yeah. food. <laughs> but the whole point to that, and it's good, is it makes you so appreciate what you have when you've gone through that. It does because the first night you could cook in your kitchen, or the first night you can go. I mean, it's amazing how great that is. So I think, and that's, we use it to yeah. this day. I mean, we yeah. have used that room more than anything besides the bathroom and your bedroom, but yeah. as a living space. We use it. We have a big, you know, big bar in the middle of it. We do our homework there. I've done some podcasts yeah. there. You know, we all sit around the table there, you know, and it's, it's great because if, if one of us are cooking, you know, the rest of the family, whoever's interested mm-hmm. in talking, will be in the kitchen on the backside where they're not in the way, but we can all still be it's, You're, you're connected. And connected, yeah. and it was really great. And, you know, that leads me to, I've got to go meet with some people who are in the middle of one, and they've had a little issue, so I'm going to go help with that even after the fact. Well, I know who they are, so tell them I said, hey. <laughs> I will. They've got to, I've got to run. But, no, this was, I think this was good. This is, my, this is a little informative, I hope. So. I hope so. I hope they're all a little bit informative and a <laughs> well, little bit entertaining, too. Well, we still have one we're going to do when we do Dave and Melissa's Day of Fun. Yes. <laughs> that may not be as informative in the way that you would want. <laughs> <laughs> but you might learn a little bit about us. Anyway, thanks. I'm going to run. And thanks, everybody, who are, who are out there listening. I think we had... Uh, almost 200 downloads. Oh yeah, we're so grateful. Week, so thank yeah. you so much. Thanks. Keep listening, Sharon. And then Lowe's, Home Depot. <laughs> yes. Um, Sherwin Williams. All those. I mean, thank you for calling already. But lighting. Yes. <laughs> take care. Right, take care. See, See ya. Melissa Unscripted is produced by Tiger Moth Creative, helping businesses and nonprofits leverage the power of their story. Find links and show notes at melissagreer.com, and so you'll never miss a show. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. And make sure you give us a good rating. That's it for now. See you next time.